Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the We Talk Ball podcast. After two weeks, I am once again joined by my co-host, Mason McKay. Mason, I know you were living it up out of the country last week, so how are we doing now? I'm good, but still wish I was out of the country, to be quite honest. Although I brought back some food poisoning from outside the country that I do not <laughs> wish to have back. So. Well, hopefully you're feeling better now. we got a lot to cover. Uh, obviously, didn't get to talk last week. Um, this podcast isn't really going to be kind of the normal thing. We have a new segment we're going to try out. Um, and we're not really going to recap as many games. We're just going to kind of do a general you know, overview and kind of a conversation around college football playoff rankings, scenarios, stuff like that. So playoff rankings came out, I guess, two nights ago at this point. Uh, UGA finally took over Ohio State for number one. So I want to know, what was your reaction to that? And then we'll kind of parlay that into our next conversation. It was well-deserved, in my opinion. I think that Georgia's the best team in the country right now. I think they played like it this weekend against a pretty pretty good Ole Miss team. I think that the result was kind of expected. Ole Miss is not a good away team. Sanford's one of the hardest stadiums to play in, in the country. So it wasn't really too surprising, but I just think that they deserve to be number one after the massacre that they did put down on Saturday. So, Yeah, so you said you think Georgia's the best team in the country. Um, there's five undefeated teams at the top, obviously, in Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, and Washington. So let's just talk about those five teams for now. If you had to power rank, obviously you had Georgia number one, uh, I would probably agree with you at this point. I know we talked about it in our group chat with the guys yesterday, but you have George number one. If you had to power rank the other four undefeated schools in the top five, how would you? What would your ranking look like? I think I would go Ohio State probably two. I think that makes the most sense to me. I I think like I think Michigan and Ohio State are pretty even. I can really see that game going either way, but. I think because of I could see it going either way, I think Jim Harbaugh not coaching will have a little bit of an impact at least. And so I'm just going to put Ohio State ahead of them for now. I have Michigan at three, obviously, because they're, they've been good all year. They had a solid win last week. Didn't have to do much, honestly, to beat that Penn State team. And then I, I'd have Washington at four, and I would have Florida State at five. I don't think that Florida State has been like dominant. I think that they struggle, have struggled a good bit of weeks this year. Washington struggled a couple times too, but I think that they're a better team than Florida State. I think they're a more complete team and, you know, a little bit more consistent. However, I will say I don't have Washington as the number four team in the country in my eyes and Florida State's not the number five team in the country in my eyes. I have Oregon ahead of both of those teams in terms of pure – I test, do I think that they are a better football team than both of those teams? I think Oregon is going to get the revenge in the Pac-12 championship, and I think that they're going to end up being better than both of those teams at the end of the year. I think I agree with you. We're going to kind of get to Oregon later as we discuss some, you know, interesting playoff scenarios that are kind of taking shape right now. Uh, Obviously, I think I'd agree with you with Georgia at, at number one. I think I'd have Michigan at number two. Over Ohio State, although I do think, like you said, they're pretty close, pretty even. Ohio State has the resume right now. Uh, Michigan State – or Michigan, sorry, has not had the opportunities to, you know, up their resume, played a pretty weak out-of-conference schedule and has drawn a pretty easy schedule in the conference. So, 
obviously took down Penn State, which, you know, small game James, not really that hard to do. Uh, speaking of James Franklin, uh, Sharon Moore, I think, is the Michigan interim head coach. He now has more top 10 wins than James Franklin does at Penn State. I just thought I'd throw that in there. But, yeah, I'd have Michigan number two. I think their defense might be the best in the country. Uh, I would say number three. Um, I'd, have, I'd have Florida State number four, and then I'd have Washington number five. And kind of similar to Michigan, I would say I think Florida State and Washington are very close in terms of my rankings, and I don't think they're the number four. I don't think either of them are the number four team in the country. Like I said, I'd probably have Oregon in that spot. Um, but, you know, kind of talking about Oregon, they're sitting at number five right now, the only loss in Washington on a missed field goal to Washington, or I guess Oregon's number six, Washington's number five. We have four undefeated teams. I'm going to pose a couple playoff scenarios, you know, scenarios that happen throughout the rest of the year. And I want you to tell me who, at least in your eyes, deserves to get into the playoff. So I'll just start with the easy one. Georgia wins out. Big Ten champ wins out. Ohio State or Michigan, whoever you think that's going to be. Pac-12 champ wins out, whoever you think that's going to be. I think we both agree that's going to be Oregon. Yeah. Texas wins out and Florida State wins out. I think we all know who's the four teams in that scenario would be. It would be, yeah, Georgia, Michigan, or Ohio State, whichever one won out. I don't remember which scenario, if you said both. Um, The Big Ten champion, Pac-12 champion, and ACC champion. We're going to jump right into it. All right. Let's say Georgia wins out the regular season but loses to Alabama in the SEC championship. You have undefeated Big Ten champion. Um, Undefeated Florida State. Okay. Big 12 champ, one loss Texas, and then a one loss Pac-12 champion. Who's in in that scenario? So... I think for sure in that scenario, Georgia's out. I don't think Georgia is ever stays in in that scenario just because there's too many teams that, you know, like Bama has the head-to-head, so you can't put Georgia in and not put Bama in. And I think, obviously, Florida State, Big Ten champion, and um, what do you call it? The um, Florida State, Big Ten champion, and who is the other? And, it would have been a one uh, loss Georgia, one loss Alabama, undefeated Big Ten champ, undefeated Florida State, one loss Pac-12 champ, and one loss Texas. I think that Bama being the SEC champion with one loss would for sure get in. And I think that – So do you think they would jump Texas? I think they would jump Texas. Okay. That's and I think I think that – I think that Oregon would also get in. I do not think Texas would get in in that scenario. I think that the reason Oregon would get in is because of because they lost the first game to Washington in an away game, and then coming back and beating the same team at a neutral site, especially if they beat them convincingly. And that that's another thing. If these games are decided convincingly, that's a huge, huge, huge plus to mm-hmm. your resume. Because oh, a one-point win looks a lot worse than a 25-point win, yeah. regardless of whether the committee wants to say that or not. But I think that 
like Oregon beating the team that they originally lost to at a neutral site, especially if they win it convincingly, I don't see a reason why you could put them out, especially because they've looked like the best team in the country all year. And aside from that one game against Washington, and <clears throat> I think like with Bama, like they're getting hot at the right time. They're one of the hottest teams in the country right now. If they, if they go in and they beat Georgia in Atlanta, for the SEC championship, you can't leave Bama out. I mean, they have to make it in that scenario. They have one of the toughest schedules with uh, – and, yes, they have a loss to Texas, but, I mean, that was in the beginning of the year. Their starting quarterback wasn't as solidified as it is now, and I don't think you can leave them out. Obviously, the two undefeateds are going to stay in. I think that the loser of Ohio State of Michigan in this scenario would not get into the playoff no matter mm-hmm. what. But I think Texas gets kind of – like sent out in this scenario because I just don't think that they have the resume per se. And I'm not really too confident, honestly, that Texas will win out. But if they do, I, I don't think that their resume is going to vault them ahead of those guys. And I think Ben will probably jump them. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you for the most part. It's just, it is up for debate who would get that fourth spot in my opinion, between Alabama and Texas. Obviously the committee has, at least up to this point, valued the head-to-head win that Texas has over Alabama. They've been one spot ahead of them, ahead of them every uh, week since the first college football playoff rankings have come out. Um, obviously, both will be conference champs. Both have one loss in that scenario, and, and Texas would have the head-to-head. So I think it would be an interesting conversation. I'm not sure what the committee would do. Um, we've seen the committee do some pretty interesting things in recent years. Uh, but now that we've discussed playoff scenarios, uh, this wasn't on the itinerary, but, you know, you talked about Jaden Daniels for Heisman uh, a couple weeks ago, and he just had one of the most ridiculous performances I think we're ever going to see uh, on a football field. So uh, in your eyes, can the Heisman be handed to anybody else right now, or is it Jaden Daniels' trophy to lose? In my humble opinion, I think that it is Jaden Daniels in a Bo Nix race right now. I think Phoenix kind of played himself out of it in the couple of bad weeks that he had. And that's not to say he hasn't had a good season, but he's his stats just aren't as eye-popping as Bo Nix or Jaden Daniels. And Bo Nix stats and Jaden Daniels are a lot closer than you may think. The main difference is rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. And I don't know. I think that if you value wins more, you have to give it to Bo. If you value just pure statistical speaking, who's the who's been the best player? It's Jaden Daniels. But it's it's hard for me to give it to a three loss team who has had chances to stay in that. Like like you can't really value it on one game, but like in the Alabama game, LSU was in it. And the, if they win that game, <clears throat> the way it all would have shaken out, they would have been in the SEC title game. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I mean, they were neck and neck the whole game, and then Jaden Daniels just – I know he got hurt, but he threw an errant interception, and it, it's just – I feel like he, that was kind of a game he had to win to secure it. But if he if he has two more games of just utter dominance like he did last week, I don't see how you can't give it to him. But I think Bo Nix is probably going to be the one that ends up winning it. Yeah, I think I agree. And for those who don't know, Jaden Daniels had 
372 passing yards and three touchdowns last week to go along with 234 rushing yards and two touchdowns last week. The only quarterback ever to throw for 350 yards and rush for over 200 yards. Only player ever, regardless of position. But, yeah, I think it's Bo Nix, like you said. Uh, I think he's going to be in the playoff, you know, if things pan out the way that we think they will. And, and obviously, votes are due the Sunday after conference championships. So if Bonix goes and wins the conference championship, Pac-12 championship, uh, the last Saturday of the year, I think it's going to be hard to give it to anybody else, especially when Jaden Daniels isn't in action, when Michael Penix in that scenario would be, you know, losing to Bonix in the biggest game of the year. Uh, I, I just think it'd be hard to give it to anybody else but Bonix. But I, I, I think those are going to be the three finalists. I think it's going to be Bonix, Michael Penix Jr., and Jaden Daniels in New York, and I think it's a travesty if it's, if anybody else, you know, kind of pushes one of those guys out of position. Yeah, I mean, I know you were, like, shedding tears for Carson Beck or whatever for Heisman at one point this year, but I I don't really think that he has enough in the tank to knock any of those three guys off. Yeah, he's not going to have the statistical numbers to get in there. He'll probably position. finish top ten in the voting. Hmm? He'll probably finish top ten in the voting. He's number but, five in odds right now. Yeah, so I mean, I, he'll probably finish top ten in the voting. I think he'll still finish behind guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, and, go ahead. I know, I know, a lot of people that I've seen on Twitter at least are like, "Oh, well, if you if you're considering Marvin Harrison Jr. for the Heisman, you have to consider a guy like Malik Neighbors." No, you don't. Because Malik Neighbors has the best quarterback in the country right now throwing to him. And Marvin Sanderson Jr. has Kyle McCord. So, I mean, there's levels to this. Like, it's not really the same. And I just want to kind of put that PSA out there that I love Malik Neighbors, and I think he's one of the best receivers in the country right now, if not, you know, top two. But he's he shouldn't be nowhere near the Heisman conversation. Are his odds – he does not even have odds listed – on yeah. that MGM, so yeah, I think I'd agree with you there. Blake Corum does have odds listed, though, if that tells you anything, but... That's stupid. <laughs> we can, obviously, we didn't do a recap. We are going to, you know, just take a, a quick look at the biggest games of the weekend. It's kind of a, you know, subpar slate overall. Kind of talked about it off the podcast, but we'll just start, you know, in chronological order. First ranked on ranked matchup is Utah at Arizona. Arizona turning into one of the streakiest teams in America right now, sitting at seven and three, number seventeen in the country. Have won four in a row, uh, and all three of their losses are by one possession. Utah, on the other hand, has ruled out Cam Rising for the rest of the year. Has lost two of the, two out of their last three uh, to Oregon and Washington. So, what's your early read on this game? The line is a pick 'em. So, you know, really no lean there in Vegas, but if you had to pick a game, if you had to pick a winner, who are you riding with right now? I don't know. It's it's hard to say because, like, Utah has not been a bad team at all, especially recently. They've actually looked pretty darn good, and I just – Arizona's been one of the hottest teams in the country, so I feel like with these teams, like, a pick is probably a good line. It makes a lot of sense here, but I am going to – I will go ahead and say that I think that Utah's still going to win. I think their defense is good enough to stop this Arizona offense. And I think Arizona 
while they are riding pretty hot. I think Utah's Utah is good enough to contend with anybody in the country defensively, and I think that's going to propel them to a win. I'm on the the other side of, of this. I think Arizona's going to win. I think Noah Fafita is a legitimate starting quarterback. I loved Jaden Delara when he was the starter. Obviously, he got hurt. Noah Fafita has stepped in and looked unreal uh, the past five or six games. And playing at home, it's one of the biggest games in Arizona. Um, and, you know, the past few years, obviously, they've been pretty, pretty bad the past few years. So I think their stadium's going to be rocking. I think the environment's going to be electric. And I think uh, Arizona comes out on top. Uh, we'll go to the next game. Not a ranked on ranked matchup, but one where the line is intriguing and it involves our team. Clemson is a seven and a half point favorite over number 20, North Carolina. I, I know where I stand on this. I think the Tigers are going to come out on top. I uh, just don't think North Carolina's defense is going to be able to stop even our offense. So uh, what's your pick, uh, you know, with the seven and a half points on Saturday? I think I'm still going to go Clemson with the seven and a half. I think that home field advantage is just one of the best in the country. I mean, they've only lost twice at home in the last, you know, 50 games. And I think that, <clears throat> I think that while the offense is struggling and has struggled all year, I don't think North Carolina's defense is anything to, you know, write home about at all. And we saw what Clemson's defense did last week and the week before to two really good offenses. And I just think that they probably will do the same thing. And uh, I could see Clemson covering that pretty easily, honestly. Yeah, I have Clemson uh, winning pretty convincingly. I think they're finally finding their stride. Cage put together a couple good games. Um, and I think they're going to come out on top in this one. Um, but moving on to the next one, at the same time as that game, the new number one team in the country, Georgia, will be traveling to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. Another one I feel strongly about. I think Georgia is going to roll. Uh, they're only 10-point 10, 10 favorites, but I think they're the best team in the country, and I think they're going to dominate Tennessee. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's just hard because that is a home game for Tennessee, and it's a, it's a really tough place to play. I think it'll probably be – one of the more intimidating atmospheres, if not the most intimidating atmosphere that Carson Beck's ever played in. And, I mean, that could play into Tennessee's hand a little, but Tennessee's offense, just they don't have the firepower that they had last year, and I don't really think that they can contend with this Georgia team, especially on a, a day that might be a little rainy. I think that that run game gets going for Georgia, that little, you know, dump-off game get to, to the tight ends gets going, and I don't think Tennessee really has a chance to stop them. Yeah, and then I'm going to skip over Kansas State, Kansas. Go ahead and move on to the biggest game of the day, uh, undoubtedly another Pac-12 game. Number five, Washington visits number 11, Oregon State. Uh, obviously, Washington undefeated, has struggled some. Finally found their footing again against USC, but who hasn't found their footing against USC this season? Um, and Oregon State has had some struggles, you know, in the past couple games. Obviously, lost to Arizona. Uh Got taken to the wire by Colorado. Uh, struggled against UCLA, so I think I'm gonna give the edge to Washington here. They're one point underdog, but I just think Michael Penix finally, you know, strings together two good games in a row again after struggling for a couple games there. And I'm gonna go with the Huskies here. Yeah, I just think that you know Washington's one of those teams that's just gonna keep winning until they play a team that's better than them, no matter how ugly it is. And I think this is just one of those games for them where it might not be pretty, but I think they do come out victorious. 
And I think that's all we had college football-wise, unless there's anything you want to say before we go ahead and move on to the NFL. I will say uh, I'm looking at the bets right now, the lines as we speak, and I've never in my life, I don't think, seen a .5 point spread. Really? But I see one today. Yeah, South Carolina by half a point. I've seen them for I mean, it's basically just the same thing as a pick'em. I don't really understand the logic and just not making it a pick'em. It is a pick'em. Yeah. It's just <laughs> because if you bet Kentucky, they would have to win because they don't get anything for time. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know. That's, I've never seen that before. We can go ahead and move on to the NFL and more specifically the NFC. Um. I want to hear – I think I know where I stand on, you know, the rankings in the NFC right now. Uh, I said something in our group chat about it the other day. Uh, but <laughs> if you had to rank, you know, the top, I, I think there's really only four teams that need to be in this conversation. If you had to rank the top four or five teams in the NFC, what would your list look like, look like right now? In order or just in order. all together? Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys, and Lions, probably. Yeah, I think those are the only four teams that need to even be considered for the list, obviously. Uh, the Saints are the four seed, but no way in hell we're talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are teams, though, that look <clears throat> like, for example, the Vikings. They're hot. They get a quarterback that can come in and throw the ball, apparently, now. But... I mean, they're a team to watch out for, for sure. I think they could easily slide into that number five spot. Yeah, I just – I don't see what Dobbs is doing holding up. He kind of tailed out in, in Arizona a little bit. I think it's obviously he has better weapons than he's ever had in Minnesota. I just – I don't see it holding up. I hope he proves me wrong. It's an amazing story, but I just don't see it sustaining, at least at this level of success that he's had. Yeah. But my list, which I wanted to do this because I knew we disagree. I have the Eagles number one. I have the Cowboys a slight number two right now. 49ers number three. And then the Lions number four. I'll start with the Lions. I don't think they're really in the same tier as the three teams ahead of them. I think they can be. But I think once it comes to the playoffs, I don't think they're going to be a real Super Bowl threat as much as I would love them to be. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, 49ers obviously had the losing stretch. Uh, we're missing Debo. Uh, Brock Purdy was going through some through some concussion issues. I finally got back on track with a dominating victory in Jacksonville. Um, and obviously took down my number two team in you know one of the most convincing blowouts of the season. But the Cowboys have, at least in my eyes, have looked like a different team the past at least three weeks. Obviously, they put up 43 against the Rams. They were couple inches short on a couple different plays from taking down the Eagles. And then we don't need to talk about what they did to the Giants and Tommy DeVito last week. But I just think Dak is playing much better than he has all year, at least in this three-game stretch. And, and we're going to see, you know, over the course of the end of the season, you know, if it holds up against better teams, they play uh, the Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, and Lions four weeks in a row. 
uh, to close out the month of December. Um, so we're really going to see what they're made of. But I just think, at least in the last three weeks, they have proven to me that they are playing like a different team. And I think Dak has finally taken, you know, another step uh, in his development. And the Eagles, they're eight and one. Only game they lost was on the back of Jalen Hurts' worst game of the year, three interception game against the Jets. Uh, don't think you can really argue that they're the best team in the NFC right now. Probably the best team in the NFL overall, at least in my opinion. And would not be surprised if we're watching them in Super Bowl again come February. But the other division I had written down, uh, I guess not division. I had a division written down, the AFC North. Um, let me go look at the standings. AFC North, all four teams are over 500. The Ravens are seven and three. Steelers are somehow six and three. The Browns are six and three, and the Bengals are five and four. How, how much of a chance do you give this division to have all four teams in the playoff? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> I don't think that the Browns have a chance anymore. I think. You know, the morning of that we were recording this podcast, Watson gets announced that he's out for the rest of the year. And Whether you like the guy or not, whether you stand with the guy or not, he makes that Browns team a lot better than it is. And out for the year, I don't, I just cannot see a way that they sneak into the playoffs. I think the Steelers could make the playoffs. <clears throat> I think the Bengals and the Ravens game tonight kind of, I think a lot of it hinges on that. I think the Bengals can pull off an upset. I think that they are kind of in the, their own destiny driver's seat. However, if the Bengals lose tonight, they're five and five, mm-hmm. and and they are currently down fourteen to ten to the Ravens. And Joe Burrow just went to the locker room. Oh, and Jake Browning is in the game. Oh, it did not look good either. Uh, if Joe Burrow's gone for any extended period of time, their season's over. But I think that goes without saying. However, this team is like the Bills. They're a great team, but if if they're five and five at this point in the season, I mean, you gotta you gotta get shit going, or else it's over. Your season's over. So I don't know. I don't really think that there's a chance that we see all four teams just because today has kind of like seemed like <laughs> it's funny that like the day that we record the podcast is the day that kind of puts those dreams to bed, but. I do think that the Steelers and Ravens do have a realistic shot, and I think the the Bengals are a good enough team to where they could win out potentially, but it would just be really hard to do. Yeah, I did not know Joe Burrow was in the locker room. That is not good. But, yeah, I, I, before the injury news, I think there was a realistic shot of it. Obviously, the Bengals had the same record as the Texans, lost to them last week in a very entertaining game. They didn't hold the tiebreaker there, but they – did or do still have a very realistic chance to make the playoffs, uh, assuming Joe Burrow comes back, because I don't think Jake Browning is leading any team to the playoff outside of that Washington team a few years back in college. And you mentioned the Bills in your argument. Speaking of the Bills, lost a frustrating game to the Broncos. Fire Ken Dorsey, I think, the next day. What do you make of our team right now? What do you make of the boys? I mean, it's just – it's rough. It's a rough going right now. Uh, it doesn't get much easier schedule-wise. But 
I think the Bills are one of those teams that they could turn it on at any point, and if they do turn it on, then I would say watch out to the rest of the league because they are one of the most talented teams in the league. And, you know, if Dorsey getting fired sparks the offense, then, I mean, I, I could easily see this team in the playoffs at like 10-7, and seven, but it's going to take a lot. Yeah, it's going to take a lot because we play the Jets this week and then we travel to face the Eagles, we travel to face the Chiefs, host the Cowboys, and then we close the season in Miami, taking on the Dolphins, have a brutal schedule coming down the stretch, sitting at 5-5. Five and five. We're making it hard on ourselves. If, if we don't make the playoffs this year, I know we talked about it. If we don't make the playoffs this year, Sean McDermott has got to go. I, I know I've said that quite a few times on this podcast, but not a big Sean McDermott guy. Guy, don't think he's a good coach. Think he needs to be out in Buffalo. Um, I mean, it's just it's just tough because like you have a couple bad losses in there, and even the most recent one, you know, losing to the Broncos on Monday night. If you win that game, you're six and four. Mm-hmm. You got to go four and three the rest of the season to make the playoffs. That is not that impressive. That's all you had to do. Now you got to go five and two to end the season. Five That's and tough. two with the toughest stretch of your schedule coming up. Exactly. I think I know the answer to this question, at least in my eyes. Is there a greater than fifty percent chance or less than fifty percent chance that we're we're putting on our Bills jerseys and watching a playoff game this year? I mean, I I, I want to say greater than fifty percent chance, but like. Probably statistically speaking, it's probably less than fifty percent chance. Probably like a forty percent chance at best. Yeah, I personally don't think we're gonna make the playoffs. I we have to pull off some upsets in the way we've been playing. I just don't think we're good enough to pull off those upsets. But I think that's all I have NFL wise. Um, I guess we can look at some of the the games on the slate uh, this weekend. I think they were. I think it was pretty. Disappointing slate overall. Um, Broncos play the Vikings. I think that's going to be an interesting game. Obviously, the Bengals play the Ravens tonight, and then they close out the week with the biggest game of the week by far. Eagles travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. <clears throat> so, Chiefs are two-and-a-half-point two favorite in the air ahead. What's your early lean on that game? and Just kind of what are the ramifications of that game, you know, in terms of the NFL hierarchy. I think that you could really get a Super Bowl preview here with Chiefs Eagles. I think Chiefs are probably going to come out on top on this game. It's just my personal opinion. I think that Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the league by a mile. And I just don't think that he loses a lot of games like these, whether that's him or he's getting a little help from the stripe, the stripes, but it just kind of, you know, happens that way. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I could easily see either team winning this, but this is definitely going to be a potential Super Bowl preview. And, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see either team come out on top, but I would pick the Chiefs here. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Eagles. I just think their roster is better uh, overall. Uh, I think, obviously, Kansas City has the quarterback um, advantage, but I just think the the – roster makeup of Philadelphia is better than, than Kansas City in a lot of places, especially defensively. Um and at some skill positions, I think, you know, at wide receiver, I think the, the Eagles are much, much better than what the Chiefs currently have. Obviously, 
Kansas City has Travis Kelsey, who kind of trumps a lot of, you know, holes in that offense. But I just think the Eagles are a much better team overall. Hope it's a good game. Hope it's a high-scoring game. I know we've seen a lot of unders on Sunday night and Monday night football. So I hope we get some scoring in that one. Um, but I think we can go ahead and move on to our next segment, and I'll kind of pose a question to you. Do you want to start with our new segment, or do you want to do best bets and then close out the pod with our, our new segment? Let's go ahead and do our new segment. All right, so we're doing trivia. I personally love trivia. We used to do trivia back in Statesboro. We went to college together. We each wrote down a trivia, two trivia questions for each other. Um, I'll let you go ahead and start. What was your – or what is your first trivia question? Okay, here's my question to you. This is on NFL rushing yards. The number one rushing leader in the NFL right now is obviously Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. It's relatively vanilla at the top, but I want to see if you can name the top five rushers in the NFL other than Christian McCaffrey. Well, you sent number two in our group chat earlier today. so <laughs> I did do that, but it's not really about him. So. Number two is Derrick Henry. I think I looked at this list while I was making my trivia, but I didn't look at it long enough to remember who's up there. Derek, number two is Derrick Henry. Number three is that is Zach Moss. No, he's not. Is Zach Moss on the top five somewhere? He is. He is number five. Okay. The fifth leading rusher in the NFL is Zach Moss. That's so insane and so frustrating as a Bills fan. Yeah. Oh, who else is up there? Who else has had like a great year? It's tough because it's been a down year for running back yards. Very is down. Up there? He's not top five. He is number nine. Is DeAndre like. Swift up there? He is number seven. <sighs> Dude, I don't know. Josh Jacobs? He is number three. So you got the top three and number five. I don't like work my way through divisions. Bijan? No, he's not. He's number eight. Yeah. It's not the line. Definitely not Saquon. No, but he is number 11. So he's not that far off. Dude, I don't, you might just have to give it to him. I don't know if I'm going to get there. Travis Etienne. Mm. He is number four on the list. A guy, One we, doubted, a guy we doubted fantasy-wise coming into the year. Yeah, but here's – this isn't a trivia question, but I just want you to guess this. This is not part of the trivia question, though. How many yards do you think separates Derrick Henry from Kenneth Walker, who is number 10 on this list? 100. Derrick Henry has 625. Kenneth Walker has 595. 30 yards between the 10th spot and the second leading rusher in the NFL. That's, yeah, that's a pretty tight race for 20 yards between 9th. And number two in the NFL. That's insane. 
there's a lot of guys in that six ten ratio, six twenty. So, yeah. And so go ahead and pose to me your trivia question. All right. So two weeks ago uh, against the Buccaneers, I think it was CJ Stroud became just the fifteenth rookie to throw for four hundred yards in a football game, joining guys like Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, other legends like that. But there's only been one rookie to do it twice. They're 400 yards twice in a game. Do you know who it is? And I'll give you a hint. It's in our lifetime. So it was his rookie season? Yes. Hmm. He had two 400-yard passing games. Ben Roethlisberger? No. Hey. Um... I don't think Ben Roethlisberger had a 400-yard game as a rookie, if I'm remembering the list right. I just know he had a good rookie season, the wins was, so I kind of figured maybe. But if it's in our lifetime, I feel like it's got to be – it's not that obscure of a guy, I don't think. Maybe – Ah. <laughs> Andrew Luck? No. I uh, think he was I think he was close to to being one of the guys that did it for twice. How about How about Drew Brees? No. <laughs> You're thinking um, too far back. That's too far back? Yeah. Way too far back. Man, I, it's hard to think, man. What about, like, you told me I was going a little too far back, so. What about Jameis Winston? You're in the ballpark. You're in the ballpark, but it's not Jameis Winston. I don't think he had a 400 yard game either. Man, I figured as a gunslinger, he might have. I've got a couple more <clears throat> where I run out of players that were drafted into the NFL. <laughs> What about Baker Mayfield? Too too recent. Too recent. I think he did have a four hundred yard game though. I think he probably did. I mean, he won rookie of the year. He had a ton of passing yards, a ton of touchdowns. Set a touchdown record as a rookie, by the way. He came. He fell off. But man, this is tough. <laughs> hmm. James Smith is in the ballpark. Um, it wasn't Mariota. No, I was about to say that's too much in the ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "There's no way he threw for 400 yards twice." Do you want to? Yeah, give me, give me a slight hit. Ch- choose a number one or two, and now I have two hints written down. And I'll give you if you choose two. one, you hit number one. What? Two, two. He's played in a Super Bowl. Played in a Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Jared Goff? It is not Jared Goff. Oh, my God. <laughs> Played in a Super Bowl or been on the team in a Super Bowl? Played in a Super Bowl. Holy crap. I don't know where I'm going. 
Um, man, this is brutal. Do you want the other hint? No, I do not want the other hint. Let's see. There's been. Oh, Burrow? No, that's too recent. Too recent. Yeah, that's too recent. I checked myself. Um, goodness gracious. <laughs> that podcast is going eerily quiet because of me <laughs> over here. But you know who it is. I'm sure I do. I'm just not thinking about it. I'm trying to think of the last Super Bowls in the last ten years. I've got I've got Falcons, Pat Pats. I've got Eagles. Um, I've got Eagles, Pats. I mean, there's there's obviously others that I'm thinking of, but like that's why I thought of golf. But what's your other hint? He has an MVP. Uh, MVP. Yeah. What the freak? An MVP? Yeah. Dude, how am I going crazy right now? He has an MVP. He threw for 400 yards twice in his rookie season. Surely he's the top quarterback in the NFL right now. No. Jameis around that year. It was a few, it was a few years before James. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I got that. Cam? Yep. I thought about Cam. I was thinking about that for a little bit, but I figured there was no way with how much he ran the ball. He threw for 432 against the Packers and 422 against the Cardinals. That's crazy. Yeah, he was the only one on there twice. There were some old names on there, and then guys like Deshaun, Baker, Andrew Luck, C.J. Stroud, people you would expect. C.J. Stroud yeah. was almost on there twice. Yeah, he might be. Um, so. And then my other one, I know we both bought two. This one is – it could be a lot easier. <laughs> it's a game going on right now, actually, in college football. Can you name Pittsburgh's starting quarterback? Oh, isn't it – Um, hold on. I looked at this guy. Isn't it – it starts with a C. It's – part of his name starts with a C. No, he does not have a C in his name. It's not – I thought it was like Christian something. No. The guy that started the last game and then started tonight uh, does not have a C in his name. Oh, my goodness. What does the name start with? An N. I honestly think I could give you his first name and you wouldn't get his last name. What's his first name? Nate. I could probably give you the first letter of his last name. You still wouldn't get his last name. What is it? Why? Nate Yarnell. No, yeah. I'm I'm thinking of somebody else. You're thinking of let's see let's see if we can figure this out. Let's see if we can figure this out. Christian yeah, that's what I was thinking of. So he started. Yeah, below. He yeah, started right after Jacoba got benched, and then he got benched because he was horrible. 
<laughs> was that your second trivia question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll go to my second trivia question, which is a lot easier than both of your questions. Although the first one wasn't that hard. I was just not going to guess Cam because the same reason I wasn't going to guess Mariota. But what there are two quarterbacks in the top 35 in the NFL rushing yards leaders. Who are they? Well, Lamar's got to be up there. He is one of them. That was a softball. To the top 35. I feel like this is the one that wouldn't be easy. There has to be, like, it, it can't just be Lamar and Jalen Hurts, right? It's not Jalen Hurts. Okay. I figured he's close. Up. He's like 40 something. I figured that'd be a little bit too easy. Is it Josh Dobbs? It is Josh Dobbs, number 33 in rushing yards. Where's Lamar on the list? He is 23, I want to say. Okay. Okay. 23. Sounds about right. Yeah. I figured Lamar and Jalen would be. He's 20. I think it's too easy. He's 21. 21. Above guys like Najee Harris and Jameer Gibbs and Alexander Madison. Uh, being above Najee Harris isn't saying much in today's NFL. Yeah. But for real. That's our new segment. I think we're gonna incorporate that into every episode. It's a lot of fun. Uh I personally love trivia. I know we used to watch Jeopardy back in the apartment, but something I wanted to incorporate. I think it's thoroughly enjoyable for everybody. Um, but we can go ahead and move on to best bets to close out the episode. Uh, you started the trivia, so I'll go ahead and start with my best bets. My first one is t- a game tomorrow, actually. I have Colorado plus four and a half at Washington State. Uh, Washington State has been on a downside the past five games. They lost five in a row, have looked horrible, both offensively and defensively. Uh, Colorado demoted Sean Lewis for some reason, um, but I just think Washington State is so bad that this Colorado team has enough talent in different places on offense to piece together um, potentially even an outright win tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I think you're just spot on with that one. I don't really think that there's really any debate on that. But for my first lock, I'm going to go to the big numbers, and I'm going to hit Ole Miss by more than 37.5 against UL Monroe. UL Monroe is a bad team. Ole Miss has an electric offense and 37.5 points. Yo Monroe has lost that several times this year to teams much worse than Ole Miss. I just think the Ole Miss, you know, just boat races them, probably wins by 50, and I think 37.5 is a lot of points, but I think they've covered pretty easily. Yeah, that's a big number. That's That might be bigger than all my numbers combined, plus a little. But... <laughs> The next one I'm going to go with, I got Duke minus three and a half at Virginia. I know Virginia has looked good the past couple games. I took down North Carolina, almost took down Miami, almost took down uh, top 10 Louisville, I think they are now. But I think their run comes to an end right here, uh, especially if Riley Leonard plays, which is probably in question uh, the way the season has gone. But even then, um, I just don't think Virginia is a very good football team. Uh, even with what, what they've shown the past couple of weeks. So I have Duke uh, winning pretty handily this weekend. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Virginia's a great team at all. So I think even without Riley Leonard, they could cover that spread. So 
I'll go ahead and jump into my next one. I'm going to steal which I would assume is probably one of yours, but I'm going to take Georgia by 10 or more, by more than 10 points. They're just far and away the best team in the country right now. Tennessee has looked horrible, got boat raced by Missouri last week. And I just don't think that they are in a good position to beat a team like Georgia, even if it is at home. So I think 10 points is pretty generous, honestly. I actually didn't include them uh, on my list. Surprising. Surprising. Probably should have so I could get the dub. But (laughs) my next game is my guys, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Minus three against Illinois. Illinois sucks uh, this year. Still a chance to make a bowl game. I'm sitting at five and five, but the Iowa defense is just different, in my opinion. Uh, the offense, horrible. Uh, yeah, could not hit a 28 point and a half point over uh, last week, but I'm riding with them again this week. Give me the Hawkeyes. I like it. I like it. I know you love Iowa for some godforsaken reason. No clue why. I don't love them. But I just thought gonna, their record was going to be good this year. I'm going to go to a. I'm going to go to a, you know, the routine upset pick that I see a lot of people put thrown out this week, which is preposterous to me. I'm going to say Oregon covers is 23 and a half points spread against Arizona State. Arizona State's not good. I don't know who is putting anything in the water that this is anything like the team they have with Jaden Daniels and Brandon Ayuk that upset Oregon with Justin Herbert. I mean, I don't know who is throwing that energy into the universe, but it ain't happening, and not this week. And Oregon should cover that spread, and it's going to be pretty retained. You're going with some big numbers this week. Some big, big numbers. <laughs> But my next pick, we're hopping on the wagon. We're taking UNLV, 9-1 against the spread. They're plus three at Air Force this weekend. Air Force has looked – I don't know what happened the past two weeks, but they have – Already happened. Yeah, Army beat them 23-3, to and then they go to the island, play Hawaii, who has been horrible this year, and lose 27-13. to UNLV, on the other hand, has looked amazing. Only two losses, one being to Michigan, the other to Fresno State, um, with Mikey Keene healthy. But I'm going with UNLV. They're nine on one. Why would I not pick them? Make it ten on one this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um. How How many more college football ones do you have? One or two? Uh that was my last college football. Okay, so for my last college football one, I am a little bit torn between two. And I think I'm going to go with Auburn to cover this 25-point spread against New Mexico State. Auburn has looked really good, especially last week. I mean, they just beat the piss out of Arkansas. They are coming off of three straight wins and a close loss to Ole Miss. I think this Auburn team is a better team than what their record says, and I think they're hitting their stride right now. And New Mexico State's just not anything special. This 25 points is not really that much to me, and I think if we see the Auburn team that we've been seeing, I think this is a pretty big blowout. Again, another big number. (laughs) That transitions me to my NFL pick, which is, I think, the biggest number in the NFL this weekend. I got the Cowboys. Minus 10.5 against the Panthers. They covered minus 17. 
No sweat last weekend against the Giants. The Panthers suck. I think Frank Reich just took back over the play calling duties, uh, which is a pretty puzzling decision, um, considering they had not not a terrible, terrible performance, uh, you know, by their standards. But give me the Cowboys, minus a seven and a half. This Carolina team sucks. It's going to be a blowout. Wow. Dalton Bryce Young, not a good decision. Not a good decision. Not every single game. Not a good decision, like I said. Anywho, I'm going to go with the Cardinals in the NFL this week. I think that they're a team that is better than what the record suggests purely because they just got Kyler Murray back. And he reminded people last week why he was a number one pick and why they need to keep building around him and not worry about drafting any kind of Caleb Williams nonsense. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm tired of hearing the slander against Kyler Murray. I think cards cover this four and a half point, this plus four and a half points spread against Houston. Yeah, I've even seen it at five. It's creeped up the past couple of days. I think it started at like two, maybe three, and it's all the way up to four and a half, five. But I like the pick. <laughs> also, going back to my pick, the team with the worst against the spread record in the NFL is the Carolina Panthers. Just makes me feel more confident in my pick this weekend. But I think that's all we have uh, for today's episode. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if we made the official decision, but I think going forward, uh, we talk ball is going to focus a lot more on football. I don't know if we're going to do NBA going forward. I'm sure we'll update you on the next pod, but. I think we're going to be strictly a football podcast moving forward just so we can hone in on that and give y'all the best content possible. But uh, before we hit the hay tonight, uh, Mason, do you have any parting words for our audience? I do not. This slate for college football is kind of weak this weekend and NFL football besides a couple games. So I'm excited to talk about it next week. I'm sure we'll see a little bit more clarity on the playoff picture next week. If not, we'll see you next week anyways to recap a boring week. So, <laughs> And then we get to preview rivalry week, which is always fun. But, yeah, we'll see you all on the next one. Uh, thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next week.